Hey everyone and welcome to a new episode of the Convergence podcast. This is going to be episode 42 with previous guests of the podcast and my good friends Adrian, Andre and Dom. All three of them are artists that I really admire a lot, especially for the quality of work they do and the passion that they have towards their craft. In previous episodes we went into their individual journeys, but this time around I thought it would be great to have a conversation around creating personal IPs. and how to find a great balance between the work that we do and our life outside art this is an episode that is quite a long one and packed with a lot of great insights throughout the conversation so i hope you stick around till the end and get a lot of value from it with that said let's go so how's the year yeah. been i mean it's been a while since we all spoke together i know we keep texting on instagram and stuff but then actually sitting down and having a conversation you can get kind of go deeper into topics maybe let's just start with adrian first since you were the early, one of the earliest guests on the podcast as well so how yeah. how's the year been for you and an early adopter of this very call as well true <laughs> like i was here <laughs> um yeah i don't know it's been kind of weird you know i haven't really been I mean I started the year really motivated and stuff mm-hmm. but then it slowly started to fade away into like mm, I don't know job opportunities that never came to happen another kind of more episodes of like unmotivation and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh I was keeping Hevenurian in the back of my mind and kind of taking notes some you know sometimes but not really feeling like making much progress and I feel like summer makes me so weak, man. I don't know. It it yeah, it didn't used to be like that, but now that is over, mm-hmm. I'm feeling like I'm coming back. You know, like I'm finishing projects, I'm taking care of my body, like I'm exercising and all that stuff and I don't know. I don't know. It's been a weird year. That's all I can say. But I'm I'm glad, you know, I can be here. Yeah, I guess as long as yeah. you finish it at a good note. I guess it'll mm-hmm. be good for I you. I feel like sometimes it's necessary, you know, to be in those let's call them dark places, mm-hmm. you know, where you kind of have a chance to kind of figure out what's wrong and then come back. So that's awesome. I guess that's what happened to me. Uh how about you, Adrian? Uh, sorry, Andre, how's it been for you? Uh it's kind of a roller coaster, you know. Um on the professional side everything is like as awesome as it has never been, you know, mm-hmm. like it it's great and too many opportunities like i never thought i would be in a place where i need to uh, go on to our station and put like not available or like <laughs> something like that you know um yeah <laughs> yeah dude that was like a, so that's a, when you know you've made it <laughs> a weird moment <laughs> but that's another thing right it made me question like what is actually having made it or not mm-hmm. and I be I guess being surrounded by you guys um I I started having thoughts about personal projects and that kind of a thing and well I'm guessing that's where like my pathway will lead next um on the personal side everything's like crazy busy mm-hmm. so I I sometimes feel overwhelmed with how life has been but uh of like so many good things happening at the same time So it's been stressful in a good way, you know, like too many things to to deal with, too many changes mm-hmm. and 
to be honest, I would not want it like any other way. It's way better than like last year when I was in a dump, you know, like in a very, very dark place <laughs> and, and seemed like I would never get out of that. And now like, oh, okay. So if I just like go through this moment, learn how to deal with like myself and like my feelings feel grateful, and everything. Right? Yeah. It seems like it's, it's a, the, same way I feel. the contrast, it's, it's yeah. clear, you know. And that doesn't mean like you don't have, you will never have like dark moments again or moments of sadness or everything. There's always some but, bump in the road at some point. Yeah. But I, I guess you learn how to like, okay, this is a bump, you know, instead of like, oh, I'll be rotting in here forever. <laughs> yeah, I think the first time you overcome those hurdles, then you realize that it's not like a permanent state of being in a dark, dark place, be it personally or professionally, whatever it might be. But coming out of it the first time is always quite tough. But then once you overcome it, then you know it's like part of the process. It will go up and down. Then you also learn like the high is also not permanent, you know. Mm. So you learn how to value it and like cherish while you have it. Yeah. That's good. Sure. And how about you, Dom? How's the year been for you so far? Uh, yeah, same. It's like been up and downs. Like finally graduated this year. Oh, <laughs> I'm so happy school is over. <laughs> yeah. That was like probably one of the darkest times in my life, like by far, just from all the course load and everything so feels like you're out of prison honestly like academic prison and like finally tasting the freedom and just being able to do whatever you want so now i'm just like being able to go outside more and like chill and just relax for a bit and like just teach on the side just like enjoy life and yeah i'm just like super grateful now mm -hmm. that like more opportunities are on the horizon too so yeah, it always seems so crazy to me that you are still technically a student enrolled in a course because <laughs> your work is so good and you're already <laughs> teaching at brainstorm of all places. So it's like, well, what what are you doing in the course over there? It's honestly just for like delaying that <laughs> those years of like college, you know, because mm. getting through those classes, those uh, gatekeeping classes, or what like held me back for the longest and I like put it off for so long that like I just I was like apprehensive to do them and then I had to face my you know challenges eventually and then I got out mm -hmm. so feels liberating that's awesome yeah yeah I mean like two of the main things that I wanted to talk about today as well was one was about that concept of balance and I know we've spoken about this earlier as well all of us and I guess each person has their own definition of how much balance means to them and what kind of balance is important. Do you feel like this year you've been able to get closer to what your definition of balance is? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I guess like balance was thrown out the window, you know, <laughs> because, um, well, you, you, I went from a state where like I was starving for work mm -hmm. To like having too many and like balancing that sudden overflow it's um like you don't want to say no to anything that is coming your way because like you were just starving for that right you were literally nothing so um right towards like now which we are at the end of the year it's where i'm starting to learn how to 
to deal with that because when you're saying yes to everything like balance it doesn't exist you know like you don't sleep well you don't exercise well you don't you basically never eat well again and like yeah um maybe i'm learning how to do it right now but like that doesn't mean that it happened the whole year you know like it was months and months of not having it and right now like i still have some uh personal life things happening that are preventing me from having the balance that i want to have but but i guess like my the plan is okay after everything it's like set up uh the balance will come because well if you have no balance because you don't have anything to do and then you have no balance because like you have basically no free time or anything like that um you 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 don't like you don't have a a middle ground in between those times you know and you never had the chance to like learn how to deal with it mm. um how do you guys feel about it yeah i'm curious to know from the rest of you as well because i know i mean you dom you keep having your fitness quite up there in terms of what your personal requirements are and adrian you keep like traveling and hiking with your dog so how do you manage yeah. all that within your schedule i try to wake up early in the morning not like 4:30 or something crazy like that but <laughs> maybe like 8 a.m. i get up and i start like doing like quick warm ups maybe go for a walk or something go for a slight jog and that kind of gets my like mind running a little bit so i get like a bit more boost in the morning and then like i eat something healthy like oatmeal like that's always good for energy throughout the day do some like push-ups do some pull-ups and then that already like i'm ready to go mm-hmm. to work you know at like 12 p.m. or wherever and yeah like keeping that consistency over time like helps me out cuz yeah, back in school i was just like wrecking my body like left and right i was just <clears throat> eating a lot of fast food every single day i didn't have like any consistency in my health i was just like going with the motions and not really like seeing what was detrimental to myself so i kind of just let myself go <laughs> and i just got more stressed out and more fatigued more brain fog and uh never want to go back to that again <laughs> so this year's like changed for me and uh yeah i highly recommend to find some balance if you can i like the fact that you're getting That's, a yeah. head start on the exercise before your work starts during the day because uh, yeah. for me personally i always end up, end up pushing it till the end of the day and then i'm just too tired to work out or do anything physical really because oh, yeah you're just mentally exhausted as well i, I sure. do that like heard, i leave it to the end of the day i can't work out I've in the morning like that both sides of the story you know people who advocate for morning workout and people who advocate for night night mm-hmm. workouts for different reasons you know it's like yeah you know if you do it at the end of the day you get rid of all the stress from the day you kind of let yourself out a little bit you kind of yeah you might be tired but that's like a nice way to go to sleep and then you have the other side you know uh that's what i've been always like waking up early working out in the morning first thing you do then you're ready to start the day but then 
are you, aren't you tired the rest of the day, you know, like, and I'm like, no, actually, well, you get like those episodes, you know, ups and downs of like, oh man, I would take a nap right now. But if you endure that a little longer, like it goes away and it's like one less thing to worry about for the rest of the day. I've already done that in the morning. First thing people do this with like drawing or painting or any thing that they know they have to do each day you know they do it the first thing in the morning this there's a really cool book called uh eat that frog mm-hmm. from brian tracy i don't know if you heard about it it's, it's really interesting it talks about that you know the frog is like this disgusting not disgusting but it's like this thing that you don't really want to do because you know workout at some point it's like ah oh, man i don't like that it's like i get tired and stuff but <laughs> The more you do it, the more you enjoy the activity. So, yeah, it's like... A, I guess that's why I do it at night then. <laughs> like, that's my leisure time, you know. <laughs> it's not a hurdle for me. Like, I really love it, so... So that's like something... Yeah, I yeah, no, like, absolutely. Yeah. You're like looking forward to that part of the day after everything else is finished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, uh, if anything stressful happened throughout the day, you know, you can just, like, go out there and discount everything that you have on the, on the weights, you know? Like, you leave all your anger and emotion, like, while you're, like, making, like, physical effort, you know? Punch the back. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Some kickboxing. I, the same so, thing. Yeah. I think I've learned a lot. This year has been, like, so condensed, you know, in so many ways, like... I've indulged myself in like entertainment activities, like watching anime, watching TV shows, watching movies, playing video games and postponing all the time, delaying, you know, the, the long-term reward kind of activities like working out, like finishing projects. Mm -hmm. Like I would always talk myself out of that, you know, like, well, they didn't say any deadline, so we can take longer, you know. Well, they still haven't said anything, we can take longer. But then on the back of my mind, I would feel like guilty, like, Adrian, how long do you want this to take, man? Finish the goddamn painting already, you know. <laughs> but then the more I I spend in that state of mind, you know, the more discouraged I would become at my own capabilities. It's weird. I've been painting for so long, but still... I can't face this painting, man. It all takes like this moment where you say, Hey, do it, do it now, you know, just sit down and don't, don't get up until you don't finish it. And it's done and you're done with it. And then you feel proud of yourself. And it's like the, these kind of self-discovery things all the time, you know, uh, made me realize how, how messed up we are, you know, sometimes (laughs) like how, it's it's pre- it's pretty simple. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is that simple, Us but also it's make that, it complicated. It's that momentum, right? The moment you stop something and you just procrastinate on that one activity or that hard thing, like you need that frog, it just keeps building up in your mind. At least for me personally, and I mean, I recently experienced yes. that as well when I was trying to finish the script for the second short film. I finished it midway, and then I left it at a certain point where I wasn't able to solve a particular story moment. And then I just kept pushing it, pushing it away. I tried to sit down on it every night after my work was done, but then I just never typed anything out. I was just trying to resolve it all in my mind without actually typing out the words. It's like painting a picture only in your mind, but not actually putting down any brushstrokes. 
Exactly. Yeah. Great explanation. That's yeah, kind of how I feel. Sure. Yeah. I'm feeling <laughs> that right now with the current project. Like I'm putting the the book together, like in the document and stuff, but I'm not actually like typing out the story right now. <laughs> I'm just seeing like how the images are connecting, but I'm not like, yeah, I'm not writing out what is happening. So I'm kind of stuck a little bit and yeah, it's like still a work in progress, but you, I feel you. Given the fact that, I mean, we're not professional writers, so to speak, do you think that plays into your yeah. fear of writing down the story even more? A little bit, yeah, because I don't know if my grammar is actually correct, because you know? like if there was an editor like actually editing my words, they'll know like, yeah, the grammar grammar analysis whatever it's called um but you know i'm just like putting down what i think is sounds okay you know and then like maybe i'll ask some peers to see what it, if it makes sense or not but that's all i have i don't have money to like hire somebody right proof, now proof reader or something like that yeah yeah but you do keep writing down <clears throat> small passages right every time you upload a piece of artwork from the ongoing book series yeah so i try to like write that in the instagram description so that'll be easier for later use i can just extract that and just put it in like the word document and like edit it out more so yeah yeah i mean before going deep into the project itself i just wanted to talk about why i mean all four of us we have this need to work on these personal projects beyond just the professional work and for a lot of people, I mean, I think we're lucky that way that we are able to take out the time to get to do these projects to begin with. Um, but why do you personally feel like you want to do that and put in the time into that? I guess for me, I'll let the pros start and then I'll go <laughs> later. <laughs> Same. Oh, <laughs> nah, you guys are. <laughs> you guys talking about? Um, well, for, for me, it's like, I just want to create like these projects to help motivate people to make their own projects. Cause <clears throat> I want to show that you don't necessarily have to like apply for a job if like you don't want to, like you can literally jumpstart your career with just a personal project. And like, that's how I did it with mine. Mm -hmm. So I think if you take the time to like craft it really well and you don't have like any offers coming in. Like this is one way you can like show to studios like what you can create yourself. And then that's already like your foot in the door. Like I didn't really have to apply much. I just worked on this thing like for the three years that I did the journey to the East. And then that's how I got like some opportunities. So that's what I want to show people. Like you can get opportunities from like doing this sort of thing. So, yeah. so when you were working on Journey to the East versus now while working on Blue November, you're obviously far more occupied with professional work. How are you finding it now at this point where you already have a career, professionally speaking, but you need to take out additional time to work on these projects? Does it boost you further creatively or is it draining sometimes? How is that like for you? Um, I think for me, it's... Like the pressure is definitely higher mm -hmm. because of the amount of people that came in for the second project. <laughs> so it's like the quality bar is like raising like higher and higher because uh, people are expecting like quality out of this 
project. So I think my creativity is slowly waning down just because I'm starting to exhaust all the ideas now. And now it's just time to like put everything together. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of in that stage where it's just like writing out the story and then like, um, yeah, just seeing it come together and stuff. Okay. And how about on Heavenurian? I mean, this has been a project that's been evolving for a while now. And it's I almost look at it like a ongoing TV show or ongoing movie because every time you post a new artwork, there's like a new glimpse into that universe that we get to see. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just smiling because it just, it just makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Heavenurian is, is my tribute to the world, I guess. It's like my way of giving back everything that I've received, all the inspiration and all the opportunities and everything, all the chance, every single chance that I've ever gotten to create something. And it's like a reflection of what I have inside, you know, plus all the inspiration that you guys all know, you know, (laughs) where that comes from. And I really feel like I have no idea what I'm doing, but at the same time, it's like, I don't care, you know, if anyone think that thinks that of, of me, you know, because I was just thinking about this, you know, earlier today, like this self-confidence kind of thing, this being authentic, authentic, you know, and all that stuff. I think I've been struggling with that for a while now. You know, that's why I haven't really made it public until like a year ago, like Mm -hmm. a year and a half ago, you know, I was keeping it to myself because I was not sure. Well, if people find out what I'm working on, you know, first of all, I'm not even sure what this really is about, you know, and that thing has been slowly evolving and, yeah, it got to the point. It, it got to the point where I was like, you know what? We can't be like this forever. Come on, let's show it. And I started showing glimpses of it in artwork and, and stuff that I was really proud about. But I was proud about it in private, you know, mm-hmm. like it was secret. And now I was making it public. And when I saw like the overwhelming welcome, you know, from everyone, everyone seemed to like it. You know, you guys, when I showed it to you, you were like, Adrian, what are you doing? Show this Post. already, you know, put it online, man. Come on. Post. And dude, <laughs> dude, that was like, Oh, not even to say anything what else, to you, Adrian. <laughs> what else do you want for validation? Right. But what kept me going was the fact that I myself was happy and proud and excited mm-hmm. to work on that, you know, regardless of any external opinions. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad to be able to experience something like that. You know, I never felt like that before and I'm struggling to kind of balance it out. You know, you were saying that one of the topics for this episode is also like this balance thing, life, work and all that stuff. Well, uh, I'm noticing how I'm always running into this pattern where I put it on hold when I get some client Mm -hmm. stuff to do. And I don't like that. You know, I would love to, have like a controlled environment, like a schedule or something. And I'm realizing how important it is. I'm going back right now to what Dom said earlier about how it's really important to kind of not only think 
about, oh yeah, I would do this and that. And it, not only build it inside of your mind, but also have a plan, a tangible plan. So that's what I'm working on right now. You know, I'm trying to kind of set like a schedule for myself to divide the project in several, like, let's say departments, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah, take it, take it slowly, but steadily, you know, and I really feel very inspired by you guys. You all seem to be so methodic, you know, in your every single step, you know, like, yeah, I've done this step. Now I'm going for the next one, which is going to be this. And I hope to finish it by like this month. And I, I've never felt like that. You know, I, I've always had like a really hard time with like being so, I'm not sure. I don't know how to put it in a way that it, it doesn't sound like bad, but it's like blocky, you know, like solid steps. I was like more like flowing with, whatever I feel like at the moment. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad because that's how most of the best concepts that I've ever made came to happen. But there's a time and a place for everything. And you need to have that control at some point. And I'm realizing that now. And I'm glad. I'm glad that I've had the chance to kind of go through that, you know, bump in the road, as we were talking before, mm -hmm. to realize this. And again, I'm just trying to come with all of this together, you know, and yeah, find, uh, figure out like um, a strategy, you know, to make it happen. In a project of this scale that you're imagining, because you're not, you're just designing an entire universe. It's not like a particular product, like a, like a movie or a animation, whatever. You're just de developing the entire world and constantly filling it in with further details. How do you actually go about finding an endpoint for it then? Like, okay, this is when the universe stops developing further. How, how would you even go about doing that? I, I, I obviously I thought about that many times. The same way I thought, where does it start? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't have a, an answer to any of those two questions, but I've definitely thought about it. I thought, should I try to visualize like the big picture? of the beginning and the end? Should I focus on a tiny window that focuses on this moment, mm. on this timeline? I, I don't, there's so many things to think about if you, if you realize, you know, and if you're so devoted to these characters and this place, and I don't know, this event, you know, you kind of, it's hard for you to think of anything else. So you're so focused on that. And I think that's what happened to me. You know, I was so focused on trying to think of a way to glue together different concepts, different moments in the story, different situations, different characters that it makes you think about a lot of things. Like, should I read more books on how to write better? Should I read more books? Should I watch more documentaries on this? Should I... I don't know. It's like you always feel like you don't have, you don't know enough to make this happen. Mm -hmm. And I think it never, it never goes away, you know, because you always learn something else, something new. And yeah, I, I haven't thought of like an end mm, to it. Fascinating. I, maybe again, I, as I said, I, I thought maybe one book, maybe two, mm -hmm. what about three, maybe a trilogy. But there's other stories who've made like seven books. Why not this one? 
bro, 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 <laughs> calm down. Let's make the first one, right? Then, <laughs> and then I think to myself, why, why, why a book? Why not like a, an online comic or I don't know. Mm. And to be honest, I don't restrain myself to any of those. I don't limit myself to any of those um, options. You know, I still need to explore, and I need to say that my main focus now is like a book right even though i have stuff that i haven't shown anywhere but these two guys know about it i've tried to do some animations mm. like a couple of years ago and <laughs> again it's like i don't know how to combine these things together you know <laughs> but it doesn't matter because i'm so excited about it that i'll find a way you know just working on it it makes me so happy so yeah yeah that's awesome i mean I that's, that's the main thing say, right man. it's like as long as you're enjoying working on that process and i mean under your let's say at the so-called early phase of your big personal project and i was super excited to know about it when you told me you were starting the short film and i don't know how much you've actually spoken about it in public but maybe this could be a good opportunity to maybe have a deeper discussion about that like <laughs> how has that journey uh, been like well, I don't yeah, think that yeah. I have spoken like oh, at the NDA. All. <laughs> the NDA, bro. Spill the goods. <laughs> no, but like, um, it's weird because I surround myself with people that value personal work, like personal projects and big personal projects. Because before I got like any work or anything else, uh, I was doing personal pieces mm -hmm. in smaller projects, you know, but like a collection of five or six pieces that belong to the same project or anything like that. And then I surrounded myself like with you guys that all value a lot, the personal projects. And I went like laser focused to the studio that I'm working at right now because uh, the two owners of the studio, they value personal projects like a lot. They have their own like huge personal project. And I got to know them like through a earlier personal project that they had like leaving their school which was a short movie and now they have their comic book and like dom has his book you had your movie and like adrian has this universe i don't know how to, to say this you know <laughs> I, I like that pause over there <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and adrian to describe it. well adrian is adrian, he doesn't you know, have anything like he has, he doesn't adrian have anything, has himself <laughs> <laughs> no dude it's weird because like i yeah, see yeah, a lot yeah. of stuff from you and it's so diverse right that it's hard to pinpoint exactly what your story like will end up being as you were saying you've already but, told me how how mad you were at the fact that i'm not making anything with everything i have <laughs> yeah exactly like it, it's um Adrian, it so you have so many for things him to like <laughs> explore because i'm completely so the opposite way yeah. you know like things only ended up developing mm -hmm. when I thought of a structure. That's why uh, when I reached out to you, I said like, oh, thinking about the script really helped out, you know? Because mm -hmm. then I had, I figured out all basically all of the story problems on the script phase. And then, yeah, okay, now the next step is solving them visually and everything. So that's the, the other step. But like, when I see myself surrounded by all of these people that value personal projects so much, and then I had to look like inwards and think, okay, what do I want to say? What's the story that I want to tell? And why did I value like people like that? You know, mm -hmm. 
because not like it was a conscious decision. Like you don't feel attracted to other people because you're consciously attracted to them. You feel like because they uh, communicate something to you that like somehow it's attractive to you. And then like was, okay, let's stop and think about what this is. Why do I feel that way towards like personal stories? And how can I communicate what I find out through my own, you know? Um, I, I guess like there's no way to, to talk about anything that I came through without mentioning Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. But then I came to find out that like what Star Wars actually did for me when I was a kid, it's something that maybe I want to do for other people um, right now. And it's not only like inspiration in terms of, oh, they want to create because they see something beautiful, you know, like a lot of what entertainment is, in my opinion, it's this, like you're taking away pain from other people. You're giving them like some uh, teachings uh, about life and how to deal with certain problems because there is parallels to everything, you know, like you're, it's not like they will show your specific problem, but the story is someone who doesn't know how to deal with a certain situation. And that's basically like all the stories, right? It's not my story. It's like someone who faced something that they don't know how to deal with and a conflict somehow. Yeah. The conflict and they learn how to overcome that or they don't and they suffer the consequences or, and having all of these thoughts in my mind, Mm -hmm. you know, it was like, okay, I need somewhere to put them. And then once you're, uh, financial life is kind of okay and you don't have to worry about like getting like running after a job per se all the time you can really stop and and think more calmly about everything that you do you can go back to the same piece like a hundred times before you were satisfied with it and you don't have the pressure like to keep posting to develop your social media to be known because i was mentioning with you like in our episode right um, we are not from the main hubs of the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. So in order for us to get known, we need the internet. Like we need so- social media presence or art station presence or whatever. And there's a huge pressure for that. So we, I don't know about you, but like I never had this comfort of stopping and really thinking through everything before doing it. Before I had my like my job and I was able to, okay, now this is, taking care of let's focus on creativity and then because on the day job you're not like as creative as you could be Mm -hmm. you also need an outlet for that creativity right so then you can explore everything that you you wanted to i I think for me personally that need to have that presence was quite high early on when i was just focusing on concept art on my personal time as well but the moment i switched to making the short film the first one then that allowed me to kind of be in my own lane and trajectory and not worry about what other people are doing. And then I didn't need to compete with what they were doing either because I always, it's, it's not like a negative competition, but just like motivating myself, looking at what other people are doing. But then the moment I was doing my own thing, then it didn't have to be that way anymore. Yeah. I don't know if you guys That's are feeling, feel. yeah. yeah. Um, just one more question, Andre, about the, starting of a project like we the three of us are somewhere in the mid stages of our project but do you feel any sort of intimidation at the starting when you were starting the film or was it more like a really exciting phase where anything can happen and it's full of possibilities Mm. 
maybe both <laughs> because um of course like it's intimidating when you you face something that you never did mm -hmm. right or at least to the scale that um i'm planning to do and i'm not like trying to boost this bigger than it is right i don't want people to create like a huge expectation but for me it is important now nah, let's create so, a huge expectation oh yeah sure <laughs> that, that's you safe <laughs> You're talking um, to the marketing team here, bro. <laughs> but yeah, like um, it, it is intimidating, but also exciting. Mm -hmm. I think the intimidation comes from not being able to live up to your expectations, right? Like, I guess I can speak for all of us when we say that, when I say that I want to create something with huge quality, mm -hmm. you know, like the best thing that I can possibly put out there. And yeah, of course it will be intimidating, like doing anything that level is intimidating yeah i guess getting your first job is intimidating because you dreamed of that for so long and but got a question within that, this question does it have to yeah, do sure. with comparison with comparing yourself to disproportionate uh different options mm. i'm not sure it's comparison with other people you know because it's you know like okay. how when you were a kid you imagine a, a picture in your head and then you you go and draw yeah, it and okay. it's nothing like it. Mm -hmm. I guess that's mm -hmm. the, what's scary. Like I, I want, I have this image in my head and there's the technical aspects of being able to produce it. And what if I'm not able to, and then like, that's okay. where the scary part comes from. And that's where you have to say to yourself, okay, that, uh, not being able to do that is not a possibility. Like I will do whatever it and takes. I, hope, I will learn whatever. Yeah. I, I hope yeah. that the, the end result is even better that, than what you had in mind <laughs> in the beginning. Well, it's better because like, I guess it has to be better because then it's not only the image, it's like you surpassed your own expectations on yourself, you know? Um, mm -hmm. yeah. It's either like a failure or it's better than expected. I guess meeting the expectation is not a possibility because the expectation, it's, it's, not, it's not that it's fake, but it's like, a, it's just a concept on your it's, head. Right? It's not tangible yeah yeah exactly yeah it's not tangible yeah. and there's so many so many things that you know differ a lot from the initial idea that you had in your mind thanks to the process of experimenting with like different techniques and trying this and doing iterations and that's why you end up i mean i'm speaking for me here but i'm sure you guys can relate to this because that's the way i felt with so many concepts in hivenurian that I started with like a rough idea in mind. And then through all that process of iteration and stuff, you come to realize there's so, it just opens so many other doors mm -hmm. that you haven't thought about before. And one thing I noticed about your process was that over the course of these many months, you've been trying a lot of different approaches to make these concepts because some were just purely line art sketches, some were done in VR, some were done in 3D code. How much does that changing of the process inspire the way you think about the universe in general? How much does that change? What? Like how, how much does changing like the, process? the process change the way you approach designing for okay. the universe of Heaven Orion? Um, yeah, I think it's, it's very closely related to the, you know, to obtaining those new results that you haven't thought about. Mm -hmm. For instance, I've noticed this when I'm probably using like 
imagine, okay, like symmetry tools, for instance, you know, it's like you accidentally come across results you didn't think about before, you know? So you, of course, instantly rush to the eraser tool or control Z or whatever to, you know, undo that step that you didn't want to do. And then you think about it for a second. Wait, let it like that. Let's continue this way, you know, and see what happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can always go back, but that's, I think it, it matters, you know, to the tool matters. I want to say that you never know, really. I, I don't know. I'm thinking of happy accidents now and I, I'm realizing how many I've had, you know, but I don't want it to make it sound like, see, this is part of my insecurity coming to the surface here. Like, I don't want people to think that, oh, I'm just lucky, you know, to create all these things because I create them out of pure luck, mm -hmm. you know. It's not really like that, <laughs> but it's an important ingredient of it. Not the luck itself, but the circumstances that lead you to that moment of creating out of a happy accident, something that you didn't plan ahead. So that's where these 3D programs uh, work that way for me. This is where maybe this new app for iPad, you know, uses some sort of different techniques, different methods that I'm not familiar with, and they just end up giving me an idea. Maybe it's not within the program itself. Maybe I do something in that program that sparks some idea in my head that I feel the need to finish in my ordinary programs, you know? Mm -hmm. So I walk away and then I finish it on my main workstation. Dude, it can happen anywhere. It can happen out of like a brief explanation on the sand with a stick you know, yeah, and you do this and you pause for a second. You're like, oh my God, I need to write this down right now, <laughs> you know? And to me, yeah, that's how a lot of things have come to fruition, you know, out of spontaneous inspiration mm. like that sometimes. There was an interesting thing. Don I know um, you should not rely on, on that. No, sorry. Go, go ahead, Adrian. Sorry. I was going to say that I know you should not rely on that only, you know, because motivation can only take you so mm -hmm. far. And if you don't use it at the moment, it vanishes and stuff like that. And you should rely on hard work through practice and repetition. And, you know, um, I think it, if you can combine both, that's amazing. You know, that's the <laughs> ultimate place to be in, because if you've got a consistent way of producing good work, the moment that truly high level inspiration hits you, it takes it to the next level on those particular days, but it still allows you to consistently produce and develop stuff generally and not wait for that perfect moment. You know, that's an important thing. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Dom, you had mentioned this interesting thing earlier that the pressure on the second book was far greater than the first one. And I was just curious about that because I would almost think it would be the other way around because you knew that, you you can finish the book you you've already done it before once and maybe the second yeah. time oh it would make it easier for you <laughs> did dom scared you about the second movie maybe <laughs> i mean honestly like yeah it, i didn't ex well the thing is i didn't expect this second project to blow up to the amount that it did mm -hmm. after journey to the east because i was just I was just having fun, like experimenting with this like watercolor type style. Like, oh, this might be kind of cool for people to look at. 
So yeah, I posted it and I was like, oh, it's actually gaining traction. Maybe I should go this direction. Mm -hmm. And then like, I started enjoying like, uh, like my other inspirations, more stuff that I liked other than the journey to the East inspirations, like Dishonored, Bioshock, Mm -hmm. like all those uh, noir type style uh, genres. But yeah, I'm like, I'm still having a lot of fun. It's just like, it's it's always a challenge to be creative on every piece because every piece is like really colorful and bright and things like that. So it's like finding different ways to like light scenes and make the scenes all moody and stuff. Like you, you constantly have to innovate with every piece. Like, and I kind of like the challenge because it helps me not to stagnate. Like I like the bar being raised. So that way, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not just like going on easy mode. It's like I, I like the push a little bit from the expectations and things like that. So it, it drives me to like want to finish a bit. Can I ask you something about that, Dom? Um, yeah. Okay. So this year you also started teaching on a bunch of places and making tutorials and everything and even going to like brainstorm. How did like that experience of having to teach other people your basically your methods also put pressure on the quality and the creativity of this project because it seems like you struggle not sorry struggle but like you have to be original every time and at the same time like you are teaching your methods how do do you pass that along like yeah (laughs) it's it's an interesting question it's like well the thing is like i'm i'm not really fluent in this style yet either like this is still kind of like an experimental style that just popped up last year like i'm not i haven't been doing this for like 10 years or so so it's like still kind of new to share with other people like this method of painting where you kind of paint transparently instead of like opaquely like oil so it's like a learning process for me because i'm still like trying to find a handle of how to approach every painting not really the same way but like you know just still having that process you know like finding your process through each painting which i think i've started to do now like my process is grayscale the color mm-hmm. like that's how i work every painting now so it's i've i found it a lot easier um developing it and then sharing it with my students and stuff like they're starting to get a handle of it now like i can <clears throat> i can finally like break down my process a bit easier for them to understand and they seem to like get it so um yeah i don't know if that answered it <laughs> but uh i'm also curious know if you need um, because you guys like especially for adrian and dom you guys have been releasing quite a lot of the content from these projects even before the project is supposedly finished does that mean that you save some extra stuff just for the final release when you actually publish the project to finish the project where people who have been following the project get to see some really additional interesting stuff or extra concepts that they may not have seen earlier i'm really really curious about dom's answer because (laughs) i have no idea how that works i've always thought like intuitively you know no, I can't share stuff that's going to be in the final product, you know, otherwise people won't be, I mean, they'll be like, 
then what am I paying for? You know, I've seen this for free before. But at the same time, I see many other people doing this. But it's like, it's you have to know how to juggle all these options, you know, because I don't know. I see the way Dom is doing it, for instance. You know, he's posting like snippets of the story in the description along with some, um, you know, the artwork themselves uh, itself and also some steps like black and white version, you know, color version, sketch and stuff like that. But I've seen so many other people also doing the same later releasing the, the entire project under the form of either a book or a short film and boom it's a huge success so i'm like okay i guess that works the thing is that i'm not doing anything like a formula i'm not following any any kind of formula or something like that i'm just sharing it out of pure excitement i guess like guys you need to see this i'm so proud of this piece i want to share it with you later on i'll think what to do with it and now that you ask this question I wanted to also say that I have so many things I haven't shared yet because I had something in mind for them, Mm -hmm. either releasing it in the form of like a speed painting video or a tutorial or to do something with it other than, you know, being in the project itself only. So that's big part why I haven't released those, those pictures yet. Um, They also end up in this famous folder of like work in progress. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, they're think- starting to pile up quite a bit now. And yeah, go ahead, Dom. I really want to hear your answer. I think for me, it's yeah, I do have like some additional content that I haven't really shown anyone, which are like kind of the work in progresses because I haven't, <laughs> I haven't even finished those concepts. But what the people see up front, like on the profile, is just the paintings of what's going to be in the book but the book is going to be laid out entirely different so they haven't seen like how the all the pieces like form together in a sequence so context that's why like right yeah everything is like everything looks kind of scattered about like nothing really i mean it's it all looks kind of cohesive like on the profile but it doesn't really make sense in terms of yeah sequential order so that's where like the book comes in to like put everything in a sequence to make it make sense to people and also for people who have like a collection of this project in their library like at the end that's ultimately what it is yeah that's a great point and then that's a- they can get inspiration from it and it makes a difference at the you end know, of the like, day um, you know you you go ahead i was just gonna say it- <laughs> Uh, it's because i got like <laughs> okay you go first book, right? i'll go after yeah it's just because mm-hmm. i got the book from dom and it makes a huge difference on how you enjoy it you know like uh, even though i followed if not all most of it through instagram and being his friend and everything like having the book in your hands it's a complete different experience and you also feel like you are supporting someone that like you really um you want to like them to know that you are supporting them as well, right? You want them like, okay, this is because I value your work and it doesn't matter what any person say. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm here to that show that like, my heart. what you are doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm warming my heart, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, um, it's, uh, it's 
but like for both sides, I think it's important to like, it, it doesn't matter if it, everything is online, you know, mm-hmm. like if you have something to hold on your hands or like to uh, watch or to interact in any other way, I think it's valuable. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And when I was starting work on existence, I was quite nervous about that early on. Like I really didn't want to reveal anything or show much at all. But then as I got closer to finishing the project, then I felt a bit more comfortable to share what the project might end up looking like. And now, I mean, looking at how you guys are approaching it, I think for the next project, I want to be even more transparent or open early on. Because like Dom said, like once everything is laid out in a certain context, it means something completely different compared to just looking Mm -hmm. at one particular uh, icon on Instagram. You know, it really is a completely different experience. Yeah, I guess the the context matters as well, right? Like what Dom said, like if you take a look at my my gallery, like yeah, they're all looking nice and stuff, but it's not going to be like that in the final book mm-hmm. in terms of like order and, you know, layout and stuff. So, um I guess you know, it's important to kind of let people know about this, about your project, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that I did that like a while ago already instead of like keeping you know, holding on to my, my project without nobody knowing anything about it, because there's a point where you realize, okay, how am I going to get this out there? If nobody knows this exists, you know, and it warms my heart to hear you guys say the name of it even, you know, because it's like, at least someone knows about this, Mm. you know, like, (laughs) and yeah, I'm not a marketing genius, but I think there's so many creative ways, you know, to, come up with ways to kind of let people know about this and what i was going to say earlier is that you pick stuff from here stuff from there you know opinions from other people and i've even heard people say that oh it's so nice because you don't tell them anything you just drop the picture and no story no nothing you'll find out in the final project you know in the final product and i'm like yeah is that okay is that is that good or is it bad? <laughs> oh yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. But then you hear other people say, "Yeah, well, you know, only the picture is not going to do anything." Mm-hmm. You know, if you post just the picture, you have to give them something else. So it's like you hear these different opinions, and you have to come up with like a like an in between point for yourself that works for you, and that's up to you to figure out. So that's what I'm doing now. That's why I wanted to hear Dom's answer so badly because I see him doing so well on social media, bro. Yeah. It, I swear, wow. it's like, dude, <laughs> this guy's goals. <laughs> I think, uh, especially uh, with Dom's work, I think he has gotten his audience really invested in his work. Especially, I really see it in his profile. Yeah. Like people are was... waiting for him to drop the next concept. And especially because you've shared the techniques as well. It's like, somebody could make a blue November-esque painting of their own, but still you yeah. have your own vision of what you're doing with that universe. And that's a pretty interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like not expecting the amount of support it's gotten over the past couple months. Um, yeah. it's. I think it already approached like a year wow. uh, of making the project. So um, I don't plan to like extend it to, three years like journey to the east like that's way too long so it's gonna hopefully wrap up soon but there's not like a hard deadline on it yet just in case like something happens you know because anything could happen and like you have to be ready for that sort of thing if it doesn't work out then like you have to 
be prepared to eject at any time. Um, but that's okay. It's like the failure is like a lesson if it, if it comes, you know, it's not like a loss for me if it doesn't work out or anything. It's just like, I'm so is grateful to be on this journey of making this project. And it's like brought a lot of fulfillment to me and like just making like all these projects, like in the future, you know, I'm gonna, I feel content every time I'm working on it and like sharing it with people and having people enjoy it and inspired by it and using the techniques and stuff. It's like, it's like, makes me really happy, honestly. Um, than anything else. <laughs> so uh, w- one question, I got, I got a question for Dom, like out of the obvious um, ways of like measuring success in terms of numbers, sales and stuff like that. How do you measure, how would you measure success on this project? Like I, I heard you say, like, if it doesn't work, you know, it's not the end of the world, blah, blah, blah. But how would you measure, how would you know that it worked for instance, in this case? I think for this case, it's like, if people have gotten something out of the project like they learned yeah like the new the new technique that i've shared with them then i think that's like my form of success like i was able to experiment with this new style these past couple months which i've never even like dabbled in ever mm-hmm. and then like have people you know getting inspired by it like that's success to me for this one at least and yeah, I wouldn't, mm-hmm. okay. even if I didn't finish the book, like I would still be happy that I got to go through this and then like, yeah, I can just start the next project. For this, so. for the second book, did you feel like you wanted to collaborate with a typographer, typesetter to take care of the graphic design side of the book? Because last time you did that completely by yourself. Um, yeah, I was like thinking about maybe looking for someone but then i also have to think about paying them too which i i'm still like kind of on a low budget right now so like the only way is if someone would kindly do it for free which i think most people want to be paid for their work so i wouldn't be able to pay them unless you know i started like a a fund me or something or you know donations whatever but i don't want to do that i just like would rather like try to do it on my own and then like have people you know give feedback if i need help on something but yeah maybe in the future there's like more money or like more uh there's like a producer on the team and they have like funds to you know fund the project then like yeah they totally hire a lot more people to help but i'm still independent right now it's still like you know it's it's growing as the years go but yeah i'm still having fun yeah that's that's pretty evident that you're having fun um andre i'm curious because i don't know if you can compose music and things along those lines for your film so you would i guess have to collaborate with somebody at some point have you thought much about how you plan to do that yeah i plan to learn like, how to compose before i wrap the, the movie no. the sing is the entire soundtrack <laughs> there are a couple of skills uh that well of course i don't have and if i were to learn them like wait to learn them before doing anything i don't think first of all that i would enjoy as much mm-hmm. 
or the like it, the end product would not be like as good but in in order to find someone the like to do it for you uh, i think you have to present them with something that it's um not necessarily like super structured in the sense that it would freeze them but you have to give enough foundation for them to be creative on top of and i'm still laying that foundation mm -hmm. you know like that's one of the reasons why um i was talking with you guys and saying like okay first i will produce some concepts right because i think those concepts with a script with like visuals and a story to approach people and pitch to them like okay do you want to do this how do can we work together or um I think that will be very important. That's one of the things that I learned on working with Gadgetbot because they are working on Kaidro, which is an anime, like a manga, or yeah, I'm not sure if it's called manga because they are like Americans, and I'm not sure if that's just for the Japanese like produced comics. But they have like a huge team, mm -hmm. and between like uh, background artists, character artists, 3D artists, and how they are willing to direct other people into their own personal projects, right? And accept other ideas that like boost the project to another level of quality from what I see, right? Um, I, I was like, from the beginning, I knew that there are some, some things, some aspects that I would have to, to call on other people. And when I saw like your movie, uh, the soundtrack uh, was like, really one of the highlights of it for me yeah, because it really moved me and i was like dude yeah i would never be able to do this like on my own you know like there's no way i, I want to call someone that loves doing that as much as like i love drawing and painting you know because i think that's the only way to have it being of quality and if i want the movie to be of like high quality i need to to do that and it's also a parallel to how the movie industry works, you know, like the director is not acting, is not um, concepting, is not like uh, setting the stage and everything. He's directing, you know, like um, the fact that you have limit limitations doesn't mean that you are less of the owner of the project. It just means that like, you know where you're good at and where you're not. And you're humble enough to say, okay, this thing I will not do. And is you are not like less for it because of that. Yeah. And and I'm not saying like Dom, it's less because he doesn't want to call on a graphic designer. That's not the point. Like I, I just think that yeah, a graphic design, I think he he proved on the first book that he can do. Mm -hmm. And the first book was like had a great layout. Um, but I never produced music in my life, so there's no way that I'm gonna do that. Yeah, I think, I mean, graphic design still falls in the side of visual design. So it's something that you can still, as an artist, work on. But music is a completely different <coughs> skill set and things that you have to yeah. learn from scratch. So that makes complete sense. And I guess even it, dep it, it really depends on the kind of project that's being done as well, right? Because on a film, you're a director versus a book, you're a storyteller specific to that medium. So you have more control over what's happening. And because everything is being done in that medium of painting a concept, Dom can have more control over that and Adrian can have more control over that. As opposed to like 
my friends who did the music or the fictional user interface designs. There's no way I don't know how to use Houdini, so there's no way I could do that. There's somebody else who really enjoys doing that, somebody who's an expert at doing that. So it makes sense to bring them on at that particular point. So it's really it cool to see how, how how many people you brought in because it wasn't like oh he just brought a friend you know no it was a bunch of people behind all these concepts and then the the 3D and yeah. the music and the effects and everything mm -hmm. it was so cool to see all of you know that entire team kind of making this short film yeah it was cool I'm, bro it was nice that was epic thank you <laughs> I'm really curious about like the the aftermath of your project like all the awards and stuff like dude <laughs> you're oh, like killing dude. it with all this i'm so glad you brought that up that. bro congrats on the, all the the noise that you've made thank you you know i've seen yeah. many posts you know one after another you know uh, this <laughs> so film awesome festival you know award from this other film festival <laughs> that was awesome bro it was pretty surreal i mean i really had no expectation of the sort at all and not to say that it's become some global hit or anything, but for what we set out to do at the beginning, I think the project was a success at the end of the day. And I think the moment the film was completed, I think that point itself was a good success marker because starting and finishing a project of that kind while you're working on it only during your free time, I think you all know how tough that is. Um, yeah. Just that aspect of finishing it is quite interesting and quite important. I think the bigger success to me was other people reaching out and, you know, asking if they could collaborate on the next short film. And that to me was like the best form of success, because then I know that if I really need somebody's expertise on a particular thing, I can reach out to more people at this point and help craft a better short film, you know, and I think, yeah. I think that's the great, greatest thing for me. Yeah. We're like so inspired by the success of that, dude. <laughs> like, honestly, it's really cool to see how like a personal project can get you places, you know, just by doing it. <laughs> so when you guys are working you know, on these longer projects, do you ever feel like you want to break it up with some lesser or smaller projects between that so that there's not this constant pressure of that one main project on you? Um, I haven't really felt it that much. I still love doing the projects, I was, I was, but yeah, I was thinking yeah. of it. I, I don't think it depends on how excited you are about that particular project. You know, mm -hmm. like for me, it never dimmed out, you know, it never vanished in that sense. I'm still equally excited today as I was the first day when I started, I can't keep thinking I, I, I dwell on that world, you know, and I keep thinking of all the possibilities and all those ideas that I need to make happen somehow. Mm -hmm. And they pile up and I feel like I have no, not, I don't have enough physical time to kind of make, <laughs> develop all of them. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes yeah. maybe, you know, maybe you feel like, okay, what am I drawing right now? Does this have to do with my project? Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's something different. Mm -hmm. You know, let's say I don't know. I'm I'm a more of an organic design guy, right? But what if I create something that's more hard surface, like a robot, or I don't know, whatever, right? 
because I I've done stuff that has nothing to do with Hevenurian, you know, mm-hmm. and you just you just decide that on the way, you know, you you just say, okay, this is not for that. But then what am I doing? And it's okay to take a break, you know, because otherwise yeah. you kind of I don't know. I'm speaking <clears throat> for me here, but I kind of you kind of convince yourself that you can no longer do anything that has nothing to do with this project. You know, if it doesn't belong to this project, you don't spend time on that. You know, you only do Hevenurian stuff now. It doesn't have to be that way. But again, it depends on how excited and how involved you are in that project. And apparently for me and Dom, that's all we can do. You know, <laughs> he only does yeah. Blue November. I only do Hevenurian, you know, and, and, and we're happy that way. If um, I want to do something else, then else. <laughs> Sorry, Andre, go. Go ahead. I was no, just no, going to go quickly ahead. say, ahead, like, uh, yeah, if I wanted to do something other than the project, then... Yeah, maybe I'll just like share it on my story as like some quick concept that I did, but it's it's just like for my own gratification. It's not really for, you know, someone else to like the Blue November stuff is always going to be like my bread and butter. Mm-hmm. But if I want to do something else, I'll just share it real quick. I don't really need to get likes on it. It's just, you know, I just do it for mm-hmm. fun or something. Yeah. I guess it also depends on how much time you have to work on it. Because uh, I feel like there's a, the how much you need the project and how much time you have. And then like if how much you need the project, uh, it's like less than how much time you have available. You end up like consuming every like thing that you need out of that project on that particular time, you know. So um, let's say that you, you have the whole day free. You don't have to do anything else and you can spend the whole day on your project. I feel like there's a point where if that keeps happening... You will just like, okay, now I need to take a break and do at least something else where I, maybe I don't put like, it's not as much effort, but maybe it's not like the effort in this direction as much, right? As an example, I still sketch uh, spaceships on the side mm-hmm. or characters on the side or things that are only related to the project. And then when I sit down to a dedicated time towards the project, that's what I'm doing. And then I can be later focused on that. But that doesn't prevent me like from doing other things or put pressure on these like random sketches to to be on that world, you know. Um, because sometimes like you see something that inspires you and has nothing to do with that idea that you are developing, and maybe like it will have to do with another idea down the road. But like right now, it doesn't fit that, and it's just because like it doesn't fit my current project. Should I not do it? I think that's like completely wrong you know like you take inspiration and then that ends up in the like backlog for you to maybe develop in the future Mm -hmm. or uh, i'm not not sure about you guys but like while i'm developing this project i already have like another one lined up down the road you know for when i i'm done with this one even it like it will be probably a couple of years until i'm able to start on that one but like it's another idea that excites me very much and well, sh- should I just throw it away because it's not what I need right now? Of course not. Like, I'll leave uh, until I'm 80, you know, and I hope that I keep developing yeah. personal I mean, project after personal project until then. So, we're going to be doing this for a while. So, I mean, it won't matter how long the projects will take because we'll just have something there ready to like work on in a couple years' time. So, we're not going to be running out of things to do. Uh, that's how I look at it, at least. Yeah, I just 
I just enjoy the ride, you know. Yeah. You wanted to say something more, Adrian? Um, I thought about that, that thing Andrea said about having more projects and stuff. And I think of Hevenurian as a multi-project project, project. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> multiple releases. Um, and I even got as far as to think of other universes and ways to kind of make them collide, mm -hmm. you know. Um, like a crossover or something like that. Dude's creating like a Marvel multiverse here. No, but seriously, I thought of two other uh, options, you know, not options, stuff, stuff that I, I like, you know, so it'll be like three projects that I could make, you know, in my lifetime. And that, that would be cool. But I'm now super focused on Heaven Arena. I think it's the main one. You know, it's pretty clear. Do you guys like think yeah. about yeah. pitching these IPs to production houses to, you know, take it to that that much next level from a still image and a story to an animation or a adaptation and get even more layers into that process of creating something? I do. I like won't deny sure. that yeah. I, I've thought about that at some point. But at the same time, I'm like afraid, you know. Um, I like hear scared. stories. Yeah, I don't I have stories like Dan Lebusi. I don't think they they would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How he I mean, like he was, went to everybody, and he still got rejected. Dan Lebusi <laughs> was the, the the main inspiration for me back in the yeah. days. You know, when I heard him talk about his story <laughs> and stuff, and how he brought that LMS thing to Hollywood and stuff, and I was like, wow, man. And the the project I was working on back then, you know, that studio, I was like. Guys, I'm gonna take this project to Hollywood. You know, <laughs> he really inspired me. Then I realized how much can I give? How much can I get myself into a project? Mm -hmm. That was not my project, right? But I felt as if it was. You know, I was giving my everything to it. And now that I have my proper, my own project, um, I'm thinking of how. You know, it's it's like pros and cons all the time. So I'm thinking, of course, it would be awesome to pitch it to some giant studio and, you know, make it happen in like a AAA way. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I don't know. I'm thinking of what position would I take there, right? Because, of course, you want to stay at the top of That's the – you want to be the director, question. you know. You don't want to leave anyone else kind of – get their hands on this and do whatever they want with it and twist it and dilute it into something that's no longer having anything to do with the initial idea. And that's a fear that I have, you know, perhaps that's, you know, I don't know, maybe on some other people's minds as well. And that's why they don't kind of go further with that. And, no, I think Dan Luiz spoke honestly, about, I think he spoke about this aspect in the episode with, Jan and Emmanuel on the art department podcast where the execs had their own yeah. vision of what the story should be and how to actually market that story to a mass audience and that's when it starts exactly. drifting away from the original creator's vision yeah um, exactly even see hearing those stories kind of give me the the, the chills you know it's like 
Yeah, it's man, it's so amazing that he got there, but it's kind of scary what he had to go through. It's an uphill know? battle. And I can't portray yeah. myself sitting in that kind of dark room with like the pinning light in, on top of the, you know, and hearing them say, "Yeah, I think Hevenorian should be this and that," you know. I think we can do it. We can make it happen. And in, in my mind, I would be like, what? No, that's not what it's about. What are you guys thinking about? It's interesting. So, even yeah, um, it's kind of like a scary experience. Even Darko Markovic is going through that process of pitching his project inside 44 right now. And it's interesting that yeah. even he's going through the same hurdles that Dan Luizzi went through because we both, I mean, mm-hmm. we know that they're both creators who have made this entire world on their own. But then, like you said, what position are you going to occupy in that hierarchy? Because you're not a director, you're not a producer on the film. So what exactly do you do at that point? Are you like a consultant? Like how George R.R. <laughs> R. Martin is or used to be for Game of Thrones? I mean, how does that actually work? That's an interesting thing to yeah. think about. I also think um, I... it plays a little bit on like uh, realistic expectations of what you actually want mm-hmm. out of it. And then, like, you can pick your battles based on that. So, the, the way that I see it, as an example, like Game of Thrones, the the TV show, right? Uh, how I would approach as the, the creative on that would be like, okay, this is their take on my story. But, like, my story never ceases to exist because of that, you know? That's their view. And a little bit of that, it's illusion of control that we have over our own, like, projects. Mm-hmm. Because... Whether we like it or not, like people will see it on the way that they see it. What I put out, it's something. And what they see, it can be a completely different thing. You know, even though like I have all of the control of the production, that doesn't mean that I'm controlling what other people will receive. So like these, I'm not sure if I'm just like too detached from the idea of controlling creatively the project. But I feel like part of that, it's learning that you you don't have control about like supreme control of how people will take it. So why would like you deny certain aspects and prevent it from reaching out like more people if your intent is to like really reach out to people? You know, that's where that objective and that like um, knowing what you actually want out of it. Uh, I think it's important because if my objective is to reach out more people with this baseline story, then like the icing on the cake will not matter as much. So uh, you can let other people like fiddle with that mm-hmm. and maybe change it to reach out to more people because you're actually, your actual objective is reaching out a mass audience. And then like if your objective is to be like this very um, solid uh, creative story, then you know that you will not reach out to as many people, but because your objective is this one, and then you'll take measures to do like towards that goal. And then you know, like, okay, I cannot do, go to this route. I need to go to the other route. And I feel like um, we can see that on very like creatively accomplished directors because they have their like big blockbuster movies and they also have the like small theater plays and small like indie movies that they control everything about, mm-hmm. you know? I think it's unrealistic to to want everything at the same time. And well, that's just my take on it. So. I think it's the the I think it's the whole thing about like rights and copywriting and all that stuff that scares me a lot. You know, the 
the possibility of kind of losing the rights over your own thing, you know, because I'm, I have no experience with like lawyers and advisors and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, just imagining that, you know, wh whenever I think about this, you know, the very question of have you guys ever thought about like pitching your project to, you know, whenever I think about this, I, all these flash images come to my mind where I I'm like stripped away from my own project, you know, and someone takes it and does turns it upside down and, makes it into something that's no longer my original idea or they they claim and, your rights to the project and then i'm <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and it's no longer yours adrian now this belongs to you know insert company name here and <laughs> yeah. yeah and then it's that's like the scary. You, and you know andrea you said but you still you still keep the story right because the original story you still have it right they can do theirs but what if they say no you can no longer publish anything under this name you know, then what? Do I have to change the name of my characters, the places, the very name of the project? You know, it's like such a an unfortunate risky. thing to to be yeah. through. I, I just want to make clear it's that super I, risky, I think but it's you, just, you have to pay attention to the contract, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. The, the, the to, fact that you're yeah. giving away Absolutely. some things doesn't mean that you're not paying attention to it. Absolutely, but we all know, you know, that these things are seem to me to be made to kind of trick you you know they want profits you know everybody wants profits and they don't care about you necessarily you know and just looking at dan lovisi's story you can tell how all these companies kind of stand for their own stuff you know it's business mm -hmm. at the end of the day it's business we want some fresh ideas we want a maximum profit and stuff like that it's interesting, actually, so, just yeah, on this aspect of like creators making their stuff independently and then getting into these production houses. I just realized day back that all the Oath Studio short films are on Netflix now. All these years, they were just being put on YouTube mm -hmm. and now suddenly it's on Netflix as well. So it just goes to show that it doesn't necessarily have to be set up right at the beginning. I mean... You keep doing the work that you want to do and then yeah, exactly. an interesting opportunity might arrive later on. And of course, Neil Blomkamp is already well known. It's not like he has, I mean, he knows the inside of the industry already because he's been there for a while. But still, I mean, I think just for a creator from the outside, it gives me an interesting outlook that, okay, that's also a possibility that you just put your work out there and then a deal comes out of it later on. Like you don't have to plan for it right from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Sooner or later, mm -hmm. you know, an offer might come and they might ask you, Hey, do you want to collaborate with us? And then maybe that collaboration turns out to be like, Hey, look, we actually want to purchase this. <laughs> you want to buy the, the entire thing or part of it, or I don't know. I'm sure there's so many steps, but mm -hmm. yeah, just as an initial thought, I feel that, I feel like it's pretty intimidating, you know, I swear I wouldn't know what to say if um, tomorrow I get a call from, I don't know, you name any big, super big company for whatever reason, they call you mm -hmm. and they say, Hey, we saw your project. We think it has potential. We want to offer you something, you know, I wouldn't know what to say, man. I would, first of all, I would go crazy over, yeah, you know, it's money. It's like, big reward and stuff it's like yeah you think of your life and how much is going to change but then you think of how much you're going to lose as well mm -hmm. and i remember 
because sometimes I, I record like episodes for myself, you know, it's kind of like a voice journal. And I was just running across this topic where I said, I think I could not, I couldn't li live with the idea that I gave away my project that I spent so much energy and emotional investment on mm -hmm. in exchange for this amount of money, you know, it's like, okay, but you don't have to worry about anything else for the rest of your life, Adrian. I'm like, yeah, but I can never take back my project. You know, of course you can, you can make another one. That's partially true, but you can no longer make that one, mm. you know? So I think there's a, an important level of attachment to be regarding here. And I, I'm not sure how, how, how do you guys feel about that? How attached you are to your creations in that sense? Like if someone took it away from you entirely, you know, yeah. how would, how would it make you feel? It's like you're a I baby. Think, <laughs> so I think the entirely especially, is the, the problem. Especially, you know? especially without even having finished it. You know, that's the, the main thing here. Because mm -hmm. in my case, I think I feel so defensive because I don't know absolutely 100% exactly what this project is. I don't know the dimensions of it, the limitations of it. I don't know exactly the size of it, you know. And I think that's what makes me feel so like... I can't take anyone in right now, mm -hmm. you know, because I don't, I don't know what to tell them to do about it. I don't know how to integrate anyone else in the team because I don't have that plan yet. So I think that's why I'm feeling this way. But I was wondering about you guys, Dom. You were about to and say your something. attachment to yours. Um. Oh, the question was like letting go of your project, right? Uh, yeah. How attached you yeah. feel to your project? I think for me, it is. Like the projects are a good benchmark of where I am at, like skill-wise working on projects. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it would it would probably be hard for me to let it go too, just because um like I'm not really working full-time like in-house or anything. So these projects are like what I'm kind of working on the most, and then just like teaching a lot on the side. So it's yeah, it's it's kind of like my ips being given away um because i'm not like part yeah part of a studio so it's it, it would be like kind of devastating on some level <laughs> if someone just like took all the all the stuff like for me but yeah i don't know i'd probably feel the same as adrian i'm curious about your yeah. first book did you have to register i mean get a copyright for the story within that the characters within the book or the entire IP? um not really this one was just like i just finished the book and then i sent it to the printers that was it i didn't like go through a like a publishing process like it, the books don't even have barcodes on it oh. so it's not even like publish publish you know but it's just self-published in the way where i just you know made the thing and then like yeah sent it to the printers they print it out and i just ship it to like everyone oh. so that's why i kind of like cut off the sales like i'm not selling the books forever anymore uh, it's only for the people who have like books in their hands i saw so, darmar talking about that on his stories you know about how he copyrighted many things about his project yeah I actually asked mm -hmm. him and he said he yeah he he had to copyright worlds 
places, technologies, characters, vehicles, and all sort of names, you know, um, besides the very design itself, of course. And I didn't know how that worked, actually, uh, because he was mentioning America. And I'm like, so does that only apply for America? And, and he's like, oh, yeah, this is, it kind of has to be, it, it works by, for continents, I think. So it's, yeah, Asia, Europe, mm -hmm. America. I'm not sure if you have to, look, I don't know how that works, right? I only know what, what he was sharing. And I found it pretty interesting because I thought about that at some point as well. You know, when you're creating something that you have big intentions, you know, for, you have big hopes for releasing it and making something else with it, you kind of think of the possibility of the, sorry, the possibility of someone stealing it and using it and selling it, you know, which is inevitably what happens with many paintings, you know, of famous artists and stuff like that. But we're talking here about like a, like a package of paintings, you know, mm -hmm. like something else, like an IP, like a story, like an entire book and stuff like that. So you think about those things and I don't know, sometimes you're instantly turned off by the thought of like, yeah, but you're nobody. No, nobody knows about this. So nobody will, <laughs> nobody's going to take your, your stuff, you know, like who do you think you are to believe that someone would care enough to kind of steal your stuff and sell it, you know? I mean, I would almost but argue the I think there's never enough. that it might make it even easier for somebody to steal your work and get away with it because you aren't already well known. Yeah, it's free person. real estate, bro. <laughs> That's kind of true. Yeah, because yeah, I see a lot of like smaller artists get their stuff taken all the time mm -hmm. and like nobody ever knows where it traces back to. So, yeah. It's almost always these kind of online shops you know, print shops and stuff like that. They just sell products with your art. Yeah, that's and, that's quite common. You know, a lot of times it seems like the artist can't do anything about it almost. This actually, I mean, ties back quite well with marketing and talking about your project right from the beginning because then there's like a proven timeline that you own that IP or you own that idea. That's it. That's something I thought of like a solid proof. Mm -hmm. Like, look... Mr. Judge, you know, this is, this is the first time that I published this, you know, like, I don't know. It's like you, you count on those, uh, what, what do they call those, uh, metadata, mm -hmm. you know, information from the files and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I can prove this, you know, because sometimes, you know, if you create something, but you don't share anything about it online, it's almost like you never created it in a way, right? And then you wait and you keep waiting and you keep waiting and someone else creates something similar and they post it already. And then if you post it afterwards, you must feel like, okay, everybody's think is going to think now that I stole this from that guy, right. you know, when in reality I created this like a year ago, for instance, you know, and that's, that's another situation that I thought about, you know, which is another kind of pressure point you know, to kind of encourage me to post my stuff mm -hmm. to make sure it's out there, you know, so people know, you know, but again, this is almost always in your mind, you know, nobody has ever complained about anything, but it's kind of like a, an invisible pressure you put upon yourself in case it happens, you know, you never know.
<laughs> I hate that. I don't want to have to do that. But yeah, it's the way it is, I guess. It's interesting, right? Whenever we move away from like a single concept art piece and think of these projects in a large context, it feels like so important. But at the end of the day, it's just still a collection of these individual artworks. But put in that context, the weight of that project is far greater. And that's the reason these thoughts keep coming into our mind. Like, what if someone's thinking they I've copied the idea from somebody else or when is the right time to announce a project? And just so many things along those lines. Uh, yeah, it's usually what's at stake. Hmm. Even like announcing a project too you know, soon like can be detrimental to the project because then people are left waiting for months on end. Like, okay, where is the project? You know, it's a weird, weird thing exactly. to think about. Yeah, so, so thank you for outing me. That's the way I feel today. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so identified with it. I feel reflected on that because that's the way I felt when I released that that video on my YouTube, you know, where I announced the name of the project, mm -hmm. you know, because I was so excited that I came up with a name to put on my project. It was no longer like a placeholder. Now it's Havenurian and I want to I wanted you guys to you know, I want to welcome you to my new project, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I'm going to post so many videos about it. And then I vanished for a few months and I've got a few messages, you know, telling me like, yo, bro, I think you let it down a little bit, right? Like you hyped up with all that thing. Oh man. <laughs> and now nothing, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I know, I know, but it's, I don't know what to do. And I don't know. I'm just pointing out the fact that people notice these things, you know? I had yeah. I had a very similar experience as well yeah. because I released the poster for the film sometime in October, but then the film came out I think seven or eight months after that, and there were times in the middle where people were asking like, "Bro, are you still working on this? Like, what's what's happening?" But I think the saying goes mm -hmm. like, "Whatever time you estimate it, just double it right at the beginning. Then you know how long it'll actually take." Yeah. Yeah. That's why I don't want to like say a deadline. The big movies do that, yeah. right? <laughs> they release a trailer now and then the year after, maybe it comes out. Yeah, but I guess you the know, difference there they is They have like, no problem with that. But that's because people are waiting for that already because there's this star or yeah. um, whatever people are, somebody's directing it. So yeah. they're really waiting for it. Mm -hmm. But I guess not. I guess like Go ahead. the way that I'm approaching it, knowing like your guy's experience, because like I follow everything like through social media and talk with you guys. It's that I'll announce, like start announcing and publishing stuff after it's done. And then like that time where I'm doing basically the marketing or like the advertising for it mm -hmm. will serve to kick off the next one, you know? Mm -hmm. So like you have that buffer. And I learned that from a, like I always talk about this guy. It's a, Canadian YouTuber that publishes like gameplays and what he has, it's a backlog of videos, right? Mm -hmm. So basically he has uh, two weeks of videos recorded all the time, you know? So like right now he's recording the video for two weeks uh, after mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And then so he never runs he out never of skips, content. Yeah, it, he never runs out. His has like, if something happens, there is no pressure for him to like, not attend to an emergency because he has to do something and there is no impact on yeah. his income or anything like that. And of course, like we don't depend financially solely on these personal projects of ours, but we, if we want to make them as like 
reach out as many people as we want to. I guess planning the marketing, it's it's a huge deal, you know. Um, I'm in a lucky position that I'm starting to do these after I saw all of your guys' work and like the guys that I know from work doing it. So it's a what I sacrifice in terms of like I'm starting late on these personal project kind of thing. Um, I'm being able to be like more focused because of that and learning how like okay if I want to to do this in a certain way I'll need to be like more patient mm-hmm. and not share stuff like right away and maybe then like it will. It's kind of hard to have find a point difficulties. between. You know, between rushing it and taking your time, you know, it's like, yeah, that sweet spot. It's so hard to find in the middle. You know, it's hard to not feel like you're uh, like but, lazy when you have to attend to other stuff mm-hmm. because you know, I guess that's the, the yeah, 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 absolutely. It's also tough when for many months on end, if you don't release anything at all, your presence online also starts diminishing and. That's also an important part of the industry that we are in. Whatever said and done at the end of the day, it is an important factor. And just one or two right people seeing your project can actually open up a lot of opportunities for you. So it's, again, it's like a tricky thing that you need to always keep in mind what aspects can be released and what need to be saved until after the project is completely done. Mm-hmm. If I have been learning posting... how these... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> That, uh, yeah, if I haven't been posting like the project, I probably wouldn't have gotten the brainstorm gig because <laughs> then John wouldn't be able to see it mm-hmm. and then I wouldn't have gotten it. <laughs> so I think, yeah, putting it out there is important. How's that experience uh, been for you, man? Like the whole brainstorm teaching experience? It's honestly surreal, man. <laughs> I never thought I would be teaching there like because... Mm-hmm my whole art career i've always wanted to learn there so like teaching there now is like really real yeah. and like having my own class is like crazy <laughs> yeah apparently they said like this class is the first class over there so i'm starting this class from scratch wow. so it's really challenging but also like really fulfilling at the same time cuz uh i i'm able to share some of my knowledge with these people it's it's great great experience when you're interacting it's, with these students um how, how much of a learning process is it for you as well because i'm sure the students have their own skill sets that they you know have from previous experiences yeah i mean i'm learning a lot from these students because they're all at different levels and backgrounds mm-hmm. like some of them are into animation some of them are into uh illustration but a lot of them are really good already like they have a lot of painting background and drawing background so i'm not too concerned about like teaching on the bare bones basics like they do have structure and fundamentals um <clears throat> but it is like still challenging trying to critique sometimes because you you do have to like know how to fix their mistakes or like give feedback to them and make it look right <laughs> so that's like the hardest part i think um but so far they said oh it's like helping me a lot so i'm glad that's awesome uh yeah 
And I remember when we had spoken earlier, you said you want teaching to be quite an integral part of your career long term as well, right? Yeah, I mean, all three of us are trying to like jumpstart Lightshare as like a, like a teaching platform. So Ooh. maybe we want to do something like uh, Flip Normals or all those big companies that have teaching like QBrush and stuff. You know, that's amazing. Like that, that's, that's what the I was dream. thinking of when you mentioned <laughs> having like a producer and stuff like that. I was thinking we'll get some of those over at Lightshare. That's <laughs> <laughs> important. Yeah. So was this the moment of announcing that just now? Or have you done that? <laughs> I mean, we're in the process, but you know, we we've taken inspiration sure, from like totally intentional to announce it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've taken like inspiration from Proco and stuff. You know, like Proco's got like the big learning platform, and he's doing just well, like producing learning content for people, and like I think you can make a living off that just by producing tutorials and. Because there's going to be a new artist like every day, mm-hmm. you know, they're obviously going to like want to learn. So if you make like quality content for people, they're obviously going to want to invest in it. And that's like what we're striving to do with Lightshare. That's amazing. Uh, LTD. <laughs> and uh, I mean, the really interesting <laughs> thing about Proko is that he collaborates with other artists as well. And then you have like so many different yeah. perspectives to learn from. That's the cool part. Yeah, that's the future plan. And Adrian, you were also doing a course with Evanant as well. How was your experience like while you were teaching? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did that course last year and it took a while to put together, you know, get over some um, fears and insecurities that I had about myself. And then again, you realize, oh, it was fine all along. You know, mm-hmm. people love it. And I... I like to see people invested into the course, you know, they're really involved and they ask for feedback and they, man, there's some really hard workers in there. I, I'm going to tell you that they would come up with pieces, I don't know, one day after another, you know, and they would apply the feedback almost instantly, you know? So they have this, um, their own system of like, like a, like a forum, like a, you know, their, their own website per se. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like this private group for this course or this other course. And that's where you kind of keep in touch with the students and stuff. And I'm telling you, man, I would see so much activity, you know, um, maybe it's like on and off sometimes. Cause it's like, uh, I forgot what they call that. It's like, it, it, it never ends, you know, it's like whenever you want to come in, get out, finish the course, start it over. It doesn't matter. It's like always available. Mm-hmm. So it's on and off. Sometimes, sometimes there's nothing. Sometimes there's a bunch of people asking you for critiques. So in my experience, this is my first course ever. Right. And, um, it's amazing, man. It's, I don't know. It, it you get to that point again, same thing as dumb, you know, um, I never thought I would get into, you know, to that position of like teaching because I feel like I have nothing to teach, you know, but of course, then you kind of sit back, you realize, okay, I kind of know a bunch of uh, tricks. Mm -hmm. Maybe some people could benefit from that. And to have been given this opportunity is just mind blowing. So I was so 
happy about it. I deeply appreciate it. And yeah, it was it was kind of interesting because I, I used to watch Walid, you know, Walid Figali, the the one of the CEOs from from Evident. Mm-hmm. Um I used to watch him over on YouTube when I first started my career, I think, and to have him message me and and kind of tell me those things about my art and it's like awesome. And then the offer, you know, like wouldn't you be interested in like teaching here? Maybe you could have your own course. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was it was kind of amazing, you know. Um, and then recently I did like a workshop, which again, more insecurities and more like, I'm not sure if people, I mean, I don't know. I don't do demos, like live demos and stuff like that. Man, it went amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I had people in the chat asking questions all the time. It was really entertaining. And on top of that, because, you know, it's for me, it's kind of hard to kind of uh, keep the same quality of like good painting, good design, good drawing, and also making sense out of anything that I'm saying, you know, (laughs) so um, it went way better than expected. I mean, the piece that I made, I I think I shared it on my Instagram a while ago, but people seem to love it. And yeah, they got a lot from it. And I'm super happy about that and i'm looking forward to more mm-hmm. actually i would like to to make more stuff and yeah i'm i can't help it but to keep thinking of this light share thing you know yeah maybe i'm excited about that i'm curious to you're see, gonna see maybe you're gonna i mean especially yeah. because all three of you have like different outlooks on art and design you have different styles and different things that you're passionate about that's what makes me really curious to see, okay, what exactly will all this coming together look like? And that's that's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you're going to see some LightShare products coming soon. Who knows how soon. <laughs> That'll be fun. <laughs> but they will be there at some point. How about yeah. your, uh, the podcast? Have you guys been recording much lately? We've been um, working on the shorts. This summer, we've... Yeah. We've been quite busy mm-hmm. for the summer, I would say, and we haven't recorded much, but we have uh, an episode coming up, you know, nice. I'm not sure what day we will release it, but we will record it pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's uh, another episode that we're putting out. And as he said, we're working on the the shorts thing on YouTube. Um, it's been a while since I heard that you know, that's the new thing. That's what every creator on YouTube should be doing because it basically because of the way the algorithm takes it, you know, mm-hmm. it's like the, um, the growth potential is much bigger with YouTube shorts. And I never tried it, not even on my own YouTube. So this is great to, to see it working. You know, um, we're coming up with content. We, we've been meeting to think about the way to do it you know do we record many today then we split them into different segments or do we just pick up like snippets out of like full episodes how do we do this and i gotta say we're just experimenting you know we're trying everything and see how it works man yeah i I guess that's how everything should be it's interesting i mean hearing about all these things that you guys have been planning because unless you actually sit down and have these conversations, it's like a mystery. And then now, okay, I know that you guys are planning. Yeah. You so would never know. Things. Right. Yeah. That's pretty, fun. it's good to have these conversations. 
<laughs> yeah, we, we, we don't even know how to, I mean, how do you mention this? You know, mm-hmm. like you, you're not going to make a video talking about, Hey, we thought about this, that, you know, because you're not even sure about it entirely. So that's why we're just trying stuff out. Mm-hmm. You know, we're experimenting and yeah, I guess time will tell how everything goes and and i guess we are what i like from this is that we're excited man we're really happy and inspired by all of this like you know this thing called oxytocin right it's like this um i think it's a hormone or something that you get from seeing someone else in a positive situation or something like it makes you happy it makes you inspired as well you know when i see you guys you know coming up with your projects and succeeding in general, you know, doing great. I feel, I feel the same way as well. I feel like, ah, man, I need to make my stuff work now. I need to keep pushing my own stuff now. And I I posted something on my Instagram stories a a bunch of days ago about how I'm feeling. Cause I've seen um, lots of people coming up with like their own studios now, you know, they're creating their own companies there are people who have lots of years of experience on their backs and yeah, no wonder, you know, they can do that now, but still it's like a big move. It's like an Epic move. In my opinion, it's like, man, they made it. They created their own thing, you know? So it makes me, as I said, both excited, inspired. And also like, I feel like, I'm falling behind on all of this, you know, like I'm late, like, oh man, of course. I mean, they can do it, but I can't do it because I don't have that, all that experience. I don't know how to do that, but still it's, I would say it's, it's leaning more towards the positive uh, feedback, you know, like I feel so happy when I see that happen all around me. I don't know why so many people feel like, oh, they don't deserve it. You know, they shouldn't be doing that. Oh, that's not fair. You know, because I'm here and they're up there. It's not fair. I should be up there. You know, I don't, I never feel that way. And by your expressions right now, I, I can feel like you need, you're not there either. No, you know? I'm just curious. Like, if, you don't if, feel like is that. Is that something that you've come across often where people are unhappy about somebody making a move of that scale? Well, you see it a lot, I think. With, um, um, I would say it's, it's kind of like, unfortunately normal you know nowadays to see people just complaining about anything you know maybe it's younger people but in general you know yeah like like who aren't there yet impatient people you know i would say yeah and anyway it's just like something that 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 was kind of a big contrast for me you know Mm. It's kind of more rare to come across people who are inspired by other people winning, you know, rather than discouraged by other people win uh, people winning, because that's how unfortunately it usually is nowadays. Yeah, I mean, like that's what when I was mentioning earlier, like the moment you're in your own lane trying to do what you really want to do, and I think even Andre touched upon this, like what is your objective from a certain thing that you're trying to do. Then the moment you know what your objective is, then it really doesn't matter what 10 other people are doing. Because whether they succeed or fail, it really won't change your life in any way. So you might as well be happy for them and learn from what they are doing. 
Yeah. Yeah, and also yeah, yeah, like you're absolutely. focusing on your think, own thing. You know, you don't have time to worry about what other people are doing. You know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're too busy. You're too busy with yeah, your own it's, stuff. It's, their success is like almost like a surprise because you're not paying attention, and then like, oh wow, they achieved this, awesome. Now get back to what I was doing. But like, it's it's almost like a glimpse yeah. of okay, that's success. That's what I'm chasing for myself, and now I will continue doing that. That's why I always say, you know, it's really, really, really important that you know yourself, you know, that you learn to understand your own behavior, your own thinking pattern, your reactions, your everything about you. You know, it's the only way to kind of understand the external world, in my opinion. Once you figure out your inner world, that's when you can take care of the, the you know, your environment, your surroundings. Otherwise, you're going to always feel like you don't fit. You don't fit anywhere, you know. So I, I find that a, yeah, like one of the ways to deal with that is to kind of learn more about yourself, to kind of take the time, you know, don't distract yourself as much with, we seem to be swimming in all this ocean of distractions nowadays, attention-grabbing, stuff all around us and i don't think that's good for us <laughs> i don't think that's good for us you know we don't get anywhere that way it's really really hard to focus on anything nowadays and this yeah. this reminds me of something really interesting feng said in one of his youtube videos like from way back and basically it was this aspect of you know just spending too much time on video games or watching stuff and not actually creating stuff and the point that he put across was like i'm creating worlds virtually if that is not fascinating enough and interesting enough to keep your attention then why are you doing this at all i mean what you're creating yeah. should be fascinating enough to hold your own attention if not how can you expect somebody else to be sitting and watching it or looking at it and that's exactly how i feel that was, with him yeah, that was pretty <laughs> that was quite a profound <laughs> statement i think i really and especially for me, at the moment that I heard it, when I was like still a student, that was quite an important lesson to just come across at that point. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Mm -hmm. I love the way you put it out in words. It's really well explained. And yeah, I think it's an important issue. You know, everything is becoming like way more fast paced mm -hmm. and shorter. Like you can tell by the evolution of like posts on social media, you know, everything seems to be cut down even more and even more you know um remember this what was it vine it was called mm -hmm. it was seven seconds i think each video seven seconds and as soon as you're done with it you want to see another one and another one and you're like oh yeah but they're shorter you know <laughs> they're not harmful yeah but then you're suddenly like half an hour there an hour there mm -hmm. and time flies when you're so focused on something, you know. Unfortunately, that teaches you to focus only on things that change fastly. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, fast, not fast. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's um it's it's one of these things that you never think about, you know. You just take it for granted. Yeah, that's that's just how the world is, you know. But you feel like you can't do anything about it. However, when you really take the time and sit down and just 
sit there alone with yourself, you know, no music, no nothing. And just think about these things. You realize so, so many of these questions, you know, and yeah, I, I find it really interesting and important to, to take care of. Do you ever run into, and I mean, this is a question for all of you. Do you ever run into tunnel vision with your own project? Because you're working on it by yourself for so many months on end and there's really nobody else who can say that, hey, that's that's not the way to do it because there's no director above you. You are you are the creator of that project. So do you run into those issues? And if so, how do you tackle it? Do you bounce those ideas of other people at some points? How does it go? I think I'm learning how to take more breaks now, which allows me to yeah, step back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I used to sit down for long hours, you know, lots of hours in a row, like with no breaks. Mm-hmm. And now I'm starting to do that more often. And I think that allows me to kind of always come back with a fresh pair of eyes, you know, of that piece that I'm working on. And I think the same thing can be applied in a much more like a bigger scale on a project, for instance, it's no longer one single picture is now, now it's a project. And I think when you allow yourself to do that, you have a much better understanding of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And if we take it as an, as an example, like one piece, you know, you could be wrong about the colors here because you, your eyes get used to it after so long, you know, and it wasn't until you took that break that you realized how yellow this image is or how green it is, you know, like, Oh my God. And that's when you correct it. If you can't do that, you can probably ask someone, which is really healthy, a really healthy thing to do, you know, to ask for feedback. Someone will tell you, you know, cause they see it fresh. Mm-hmm. You know, you've been sitting there for hours. You can no longer tell those subtle mistakes that you create. So yeah, I'm starting to do that more often now. I think it works. It works very well. How about you, Andre and Dom? I mean, apart from breaks. I think when I was younger, oh. I definitely had. <laughs> oh, do you want to say that, Andre? You are younger. <laughs> uh, yeah, when I was younger, I definitely had a lot more tunnel vision than now. Uh, just because you're so excited about working on your stuff, you have more energy. You have more. Uh, Um, yeah you just are able to do it like every single day and then as you grow older you kind of start to want to enjoy life more Mm -hmm. and slow down a bit so uh definitely less tunnel vision now but yeah and more breaks which has helped a lot like my mental clarity and stuff Mm -hmm. because i think when you're just constantly working like 24 7 on the project you you start to lose sight of things around you <clears throat> you you start to like forget about living life as a whole and you're just you're starting to become like a one track mind like you become like one dimensional in your as a personality mm-hmm. and like that's what you don't want to fall into and I think taking the breaks outside of the hard grind on the project is super important so you build your identity of yourself beyond just that one project that you're doing Mm -hmm. Mm, that's a good point and i guess like the ideas are kind of 
in the back of your mind mm -hmm. while you're doing other things. So you might have a spark of inspiration, like when you are doing other things that you would not have if we're just staring at the screen, like all the time. And that might take your piece to the next level, you know? Um, I honestly don't have like that much time to put into the project where I would end up being lost on it. Mm -hmm. So usually when I sit down to do something for the project, it's okay. I'm doing this next step right now. And it's like an hour, two hours period of time, um, in a couple of days. So that tends to prevent from getting like too lost on it because it's the time that I can find to do that. And, but what that helps it's, Okay, because I spent so much time out of it, the idea is quite solid right now. You know, like what I had started before, it's when I sit down, I need to produce and get to this end and I know where I'm going. Mm -hmm. So like it's it's more focused, I would say, um, which doesn't mean like it's perfect. You know, like you, my idea is that you have to come back afterwards and revisit like everything to see if it makes sense because maybe a decision that you took like a month ago doesn't make sense anymore. But I, I don't know, like to me, it always seems like everything goes back to goals, you know, like what's the goal of this particular piece or this particular design or this particular shot. And yeah. And I guess that's why Adrian was saying like, Oh, it seems so structured, but it's it's how my mind particularly works, mm -hmm. you know. What? And what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and to me, like it's fascinating to see the other side, which it seems way more like um, impulsive and like f flows yeah, as it I, is. I also right? I also like to come back and revisit those um, those pieces that you thought were finished, you know. Like you say, you you come back later and you have like a like a new idea of that idea, you know, to implement upon that same thing, and you keep exploring it. I like to do that as well, which is why I guess I have so many working progress pieces mm -hmm. waiting over there. But some of them are not even working progress anymore. Some of them are maybe finished. I mean, the very main creature of the project has been evolving so much, you know, through all these years. Because I keep coming up with like ways that I think are more accurate to describe what I have in mind for it. And I keep adapting it despite thinking that it was already done. You know, like this is it. This is the final one. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I will come to a point where it'll be the final one for real, you know. But as long as I keep developing it, I think I can keep adjusting and you know, making it more accurate to what I have in mind. At what point, but do you decide that, hey, this is when I need to stop developing it any further? Because especially when a project spans a year or two years, your own skill level has dramatically yeah. changed across that time. And anything that you did mm -hmm. two years prior to today will never feel good enough at this point. So how do you actually make that decision? And I mean, even more so, in Dom's case, because you know you have to package a book at the end of it, whereas Adrian, you're probably just still in the process of having multiple ways of presenting the IP at the end of the day. So how do you decide when to stop? I think it, in, in my case, it has to do with 
um, like not everything at once, but like a more gradual process of every field making progress towards that final stage, you know, rather than having a single one being like finished and then we start another thing, you know, like maybe the main creature, is it over? Okay, now let's start with this character or this place or this architecture thing. I think it's rather like a combination of all of them coming to completion, you know, and that's when you kind of start to know that, okay, it's getting harder to make changes without disrupting everything else now. Um, because, you know, I've heard this, this kind of quote once it says that um, artworks are like abandoned pieces, you know, finished artworks are just abandoned pieces because you could be working on them forever always always completing them more and more and detailing and working on this and that so i think according to that logic we could be working on our projects literally forever you know constantly defining everything a little more you know adding some more detail to this and yeah i think it's it's it depends on your your schedule, your deadline, whatever you decide to do with your calendar for the project, I guess. Just like Dom is doing, right? He has like a deadline. He doesn't want it to take longer than a year or a year and something. So he's kind of sure of that. And then he will adapt and kind of fit everything within that time frame. Dom, when, I mean, within these various concepts, are you trying to ensure that each artwork has the same level of finish and same quality or is it more about the overall impact of the book which might mean some pieces are extremely detailed and some might be really loose sketches as long as it's contributing yeah i feel like for mine as long as all of the ideas kind of cohesively work together i think that's what matters like some pieces yeah obviously won't be as of high finish as others that's okay because you know once you see the whole product itself it all like it's all like just a minuscule part of the whole thing so it's not a big deal Mm -hmm. uh but yeah for me it's just like seeing the project as a whole and just um putting a cap on it once like i feel the ideas are starting to exhaust out then it's like okay that's when it's time to wrap it up and you know move on so i mean we've been going for more than two hours at this point so i don't want to drag on the conversation too much (laughs) but i I think it'll be good to leave the listeners with your lessons across these personal projects because at the end of the day if somebody's starting something new it'll be good for them to learn from your experiences mistakes and as well as things to keep in mind so that they can have a smoother experience so maybe uh adrian you can start first yeah. Um, okay. So I feel like my my journey in particular is pretty chaotic because mm-hmm. I I don't really know how to how these things are done. You know, I don't have like a guidebook that I'm following to create this. Um, in a romantic, poetic way, this comes from the inside. You know, and I'm kind of figuring it out on the go. Mm-hmm as I keep making progress and I keep coming up with ideas, but naturally, yeah, you take a look here, take a look there, you see what everybody else is doing and you kind of try to 
implement it into your own project. You see it doesn't work. So you come up with your own ways to do it. And that's why I'm saying it's so chaotic because it's not like I'm not following any formula or anything like that, you know, despite trying to, because I think I convinced myself that, you know, this book has the secret strategy to making your own IP, you know, and then you see it doesn't work for you because, you know, the classic thing, it might work for me, but not for you mm-hmm. because, you know, different situations, different circumstances. So you, you, yeah, I would say in my opinion, you, you kind of inevitably have to come up with your own way to make it happen, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're doing something that's identically sim, uh, like really similar to the structure of other projects. But other than that, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's a rewarding process as well you learn how to make it your own Mm -hmm. you know like this is how i make projects you know and and that's a cool thing i in in my opinion i i like it because it feels i don't know feels yours it feels like it's more rewarding in that sense you know it's like more it took more effort but you made it Mm -hmm. you know and I'm making it sound like I'm done with it, but I'm barely getting started, you know. Still in process, so, yeah. No, but the reason is because, I mean, you have been working on it for a while. So there are definitely things or patterns you will notice, good patterns as well as bad patterns to keep in mind. Absolutely. Yeah, so what I'm learning is to, let's say, take care of those moments of sudden inspiration right away. Mm-hmm. If I don't do that, you know, if I, let's say I'm, I'm hiking in the mountain or I'm going for a walk or I'm at a party or I'm, I'm buying groceries or any moment of my life that I might be having like a revelation type of idea, like, Oh my God, that would be awesome. You know, I was just thinking of how concepts come to happen, you know, out of kicking a tiny rock, you know, and thinking, Oh, I maybe I've destroyed like a, like an ant kind of nest or something. (laughs) I don't know, man. And then you keep thinking of how these things evolve. Mm -hmm. And then you come up with ideas that have nothing to do with the first thing that sparked that idea. You have to write that down. You have to write it down because otherwise you'll forget about Mm -hmm. it. And you know how we, we kind of keep trusting ourselves and no, I'll remember. I'll remember later. No problem. You know, you don't remember, (laughs) you know, you don't exactly remember everything as you imagined it. So that's why I'm learning to take care of that and kind of um, take some notes or make a quick sketch if possible. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's really rewarding afterwards, you know, cause without that, that's kind of the root of another idea that you might have afterwards, you know, developed from that idea derived from that idea. So yeah, that's, I think, all I can think about right now, like I would just say that, you know, mind your inspiration sparks, you know, take care of them, like note them down and learn your own process, you know, definitely have references, definitely kind of um, look around for inspiration from other people, see how they do uh, their thing and maybe try to implement it into your own thing. If it doesn't work, no problem. Keep trying until one day you'll figure out your own path your own way your own formula even you know so yeah that's as much as i can say how about you dom i mean you went from the first book to the second book so there are obviously 
lessons from the first one that you yourself can implement for your own project so what was your experience like um let's say definitely like just enjoy the process itself you know like you don't have to start with like a huge game plan you don't have to have like everything planned out in the beginning mm -hmm. um, start with one image and see where that image takes you maybe it will build on top of new ideas in the same realm or world and <clears throat> just try to be consistent as much as you can if you plan to like develop this into a world building project mm -hmm. and like really try to deep dive into your inspirations from your childhood so that way like you have a much stronger foundation like you won't let it go as easily because i know like if you're making a personal project and it's not like rooted within you it, like for some reason where you like just pull inspiration from the trends or like the popular things out there it's not going to be as a strong of a hold mm -hmm. as if it's like really ingrained in you so make sure to like find something that's just you that you know that's gonna stick with you for a long time and that'll give you the fuel to like start it and finish it if you do want to eventually and you know just like be patient with the process because it does take a long time uh if you want to race to finish it in a couple of months it's not gonna work out for you <laughs> like you have to really try and be like patient with every single part of the journey and it's going to be worth it in the long run when you finish at the end it's you're going to experience a high like you've never experienced before it's such a great feeling and uh yeah just keep improving while you're doing the projects like learn new things as well if you can and if not you know just keep making images until things click i would say yeah, the patience aspect is super important. I think that might be probably the most important factor in any of these projects. Yeah. And absolutely, Andre, what is your final words on this? Thank you for leaving me at last. <laughs> so then, like, I have nothing to say because they said everything. <laughs> <laughs> that really helps me out. Um, no, uh, honestly, like. Yeah, I second everything that they said because a huge part of it, it's having something that clicks with you because for a long time I tried things that weren't strong enough, mm -hmm. you know, and that's why I quit a bunch of projects before starting this one and find something that like you simply can't not do it, you know, like it has such a powerful um, um, part of you in it that you can't help but work on that and until it's done i guess i mean knowing what you want out of it it's to me it's extremely important you know i'm a person that likes structure a lot so i'm not saying that everyone needs this structure but i would say like find a way that it works for you if you like to act on an oim and like do each piece on inspiration of the moment, do that. If you you find that structure works better with you, do that. Mm -hmm. um, don't think that there's a set way to do things. But at the same time, I would look uh, to the people that inspired you and see what they did because it's very likely that there's something that identified them for you, you know, like that you look at them and say, okay, this looks like what I want. Mm -hmm. 
and maybe their approach would work for you. And don't assume anything like from you. Like I, I think that when you assume something out of you or you think that you know yourself and then you stop exploring like what who you really are, that's extremely limiting. And that will like end up making you not like the project's not really you. It's the idea that you have of you, you know, and those are two very different things. Uh, so keep questioning like yourself in the sense that, okay, is this the right direction? Where am I? And how can I like adjust where I'm going towards everything that I'm finding out about myself all the time, right? Um, I guess when we are a bit older and you look back and you think that you were stupid, it's not that you were stupid, it's just that you know so much more about yourself as you go on that like when you are a teenager or a kid, like you just think that you know everything that you like, Oh, how can I not know myself? Like I am me, <laughs> you know, like there's no way that, and you get more humble as time goes on and you start to really understand that we don't know for sure anything. Mm -hmm. So like, you don't need to be so attached to the ideas that you have of yourself, you know? And I think that's how I think about the project. Like, I'm not so attached to it that I'm not willing to change to make it more personal, to make it like more like what I want to say. And that keeps me like going because the, the previous projects that I did was like too, too much structure, too much like set that on, mm -hmm. on that goal and I could not change anything. And that's not who we are. And then like other projects was too loose and that's not who I am. So like keep adjusting and everything that they said before, you know, um, these guys are like the three of you are two inspirations for me when it comes to personal projects. So it's weird to have you all silent while I speak, but um, <laughs> yeah, if I can teach anyone anything is that like, find the people that inspire you talk to them learn from them and like take your time you're not working on someone else's deadline you know yeah i think that's yeah. that's really well summed up you're working on your own timeline that's the main that's the main thing wow that was yeah. a state that was like curious. a fun conversation guys and there's like so much information packed into this one conversation people will have to listen that was to awesome. it yeah <laughs> Take a break yeah. while listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hope you I, enjoy it. I really appreciate you all, guys. And thank you so much for having us, Sid. No, my pleasure, absolutely. I really appreciate you guys coming on, taking up two and a half hours almost from your schedule. And I obviously love all the work that you all produce and just excited for everything that's coming next. Thanks, man. Thank you so much. Talk soon. Nice. Thanks a lot. Okay. <laughs>